0: Fox. Hello. I had you come on to record so <laughs> you could get your un- unaffiliated right away um responses to various dead man activities. Okay. So, big 2000 AD twist and um really hoping that uh, we have some fun with or that that you're you're into it, um, you know. i Feel like we've had some problems with this in the past or like I, I remember the Ben 90 twist falling kind of flat, but I'm hoping that this one does a better <laughs> job, but you know, just what, what you feel like, is, you know, your real response is what I'm actually, is, 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 is what I'm sure everybody's interested Sound,
1: in. Sounds good to me. So I, I'm going to begin reading now. Do you want me to read oh, right. this out loud or just, uh,
0: no, 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 it's fine. I'll All cut right. out the reading parts. Okay. I don't want to, you know. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. what? Looks
1: like a judge.
0: Yeah, that's a familiar silhouette, right? (laughs) Oh. What? (laughs) Because I got a two-page spread. I am Judge Dredd. God damn. All right. That's right. right. Now now open Prog661. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Uh...
1: (laughs) My name oh he
0: took what
1: back from the dead <laughs> whoa oh and it's got to be kind of soon isn't that the uh why am i forgetting his name the current uh, uh
0: chief judge judge Silva. wait what do you mean because uh oh yeah 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 dread, dread going on the long walk. Sorry, can you look at the cover of 661 before you sure. look at the, at the dead man
1: sure oh that's awesome that's so fucking cool oh my god i was not uh
0: (laughs) i wasn't expecting this all right oh nice yeah Uh, man the dead man's judge dread freak out Borac Dog Earthlets. My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox. And this is the 214th episode uh. of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK zone galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for January 1990, progs 660 to 663. The 90s have begun, and we've got returns for Bradley, Slane, and Future Shocks, the premiere of Biggs Barton, and revelations in Chopper, The Dead Man, and Judge Dredd. <laughs> it is the 90s.
1: Something, something, new wave.
0: Uh, We're way past new wave. Buddy. Oh, that's Come true. On.
1: That's true. Now, like... we, now we got to get like, uh oh man, I can't wait till we get to Limp Biscuit era.
0: Oh, that's a ways away. I mean, right now, we're in like, uh, what, like, uh, like I think rap has really taken off. Like, I think Oh, if nice, I, NWA, I baby. Look in a, I look at our number ones, and a lot of it is kind of like party rap, basically. Mm. Or just kind of like fuck things, is with that? A, things with a lot of like, um, things with a lot of like, like, a, like, like proto dance music and stuff like that. Oh,
1: neat. I'm kinda like that.
0: You know that song that's like I got the power. That song, uh, uh, you know? Oh, uh, uh, um, uh, or uh, even or even like a, like a delight, like I wouldn't dance with another or something like that. You know, I wouldn't dance with another. That kind of stuff.
1: Oh yeah, and um, they've got like uh the synth-based drums. That shit's yeah, uh, yeah. that shit's tops.
0: And then also a lot of proto boy bands. We've had a couple like new kids and like the new kids in the block are out mm, there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brits are real into these, um, remixes of like sixties, like rock and roll songs. Oh. There were like three, like, like by, by these, this guy, a uh, Jive Bunny and the, and the master mixers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a fantastic Basi- band name. Basically just did these, uh, like medleys of like, of like, of like us, of like, um, rock songs, you know, like, like the twist and rock around the clock or whatever else, you know? Oh, nice. So, you know, okay. Anyway, it's an exciting time. Yeah, but yeah, again, is um, it? Yeah, it's <laughs> you okay. You did say Bradley. Definitely a rising time of, um, you know, we're sort of like maybe two years away from grunge. And before that, we've oh. got to have decadent pop stars, which we'll talk about Bradley later in this episode.
1: Oh, fantastic. Love it. <laughs> Love talking about the Bradster.
0: Mm. So if you want to read along with this, you'll find the comics we're covering today and Judge Dread The Complete Case Files 13, Chopper Surfs Up, Tales of the Dead Man, 2080 Extreme Edition 5, Slaying the Horned God, and Zenith Phase 3. Rad, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So every, the last couple years of our coverage have talked about the state of play in 2080 for the upcoming year. There's not a, a ton of stuff. Here in 1990, uh, Richard Burton and Alan McKenzie remain editor and sub-editor droid. I should mention that tensions are raising between them and various members of the talent, which Ooh. we'll see. Um, we're also slowly moving towards the concept of a jumping on prog model. Like like 650 was like like sold a lot. And it's like, oh, like we could have like, you know, every year or twice a year have like a point where the comic just completely resets and it's all new stories just to let p- – give people a, a chance to sort of get on right. the bus basically. So we'll see that again in uh, Prague 700. And then there's a lot of things going on in sort of backroom plan like, – like, like like there's a lot of backroom stuff going on. But that's better to talk about as the year goes by. Okay. One thing I should mention actually is that – or no. One more thing I want to say actually is that um, like the – hard lesson of the beginning of eighty eight and the be- and or the end of eighty eight and the beginning of eighty nine has basically meant that um the limits are off in terms of the ability to buy scripts ahead of time oh. like a- apparently before this there was like a limit of like i think it was like three thousand pounds or something but like basically it was like x of like you could only have x amount of scripts like that 2000 AD had bought and was going to publish. So you had to publish all that stuff and sort of as you, you know, publish things, then you bought new ones and stuff like that. But now, because of the worry of running out of things, those limits have been removed and we're going to be dealing with the aftermath of that, probably starting later in the year, but then going oh. forward for quite a bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, exciting. But <laughs> maybe even maybe even more exciting with a hint of of, of 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 worry fox.
1: Oh man.
0: Thrill one chopper. Oh boy. Oh That's boy. Definitely. Script robot for Chopper John Wagner, art robot Colin McNeil, letting robot Bambo's Georgiou. Super Surfer Eleven is about to start. Snipers are in position. The big guns are warming up, as are the med crews. Forty-one racers are set to uh, to race. As a passed-out judge Jug Mackenzie sleeps in the cupboard. He was locked in last <laughs> episode, or in our previous Prague episode. It's been a little while, actually.
1: Looking real drunkard.
0: Oh yeah. Oh
1: man, the fucking the whole through line of of this like. Uh, television personalities really just looking back through this makes me so disgusted
0: oh it's yeah i mean i th- yeah well this is definitely something to talk about uh sure like as as we go through here but yeah so we see the players all lining up um, th- um among them the flying frankfurter that dreamy sonny williams you like so much oh yeah he's as- so mysterious As well as Chopper and Dallas Hall. As the countdown begins, Chopper remembers, like, has a flashback to where he tried to to talk Sonny Williams out of the race. But Um, doing it
1: on purpose. He's, like, giving him the pokes, like, oh, you're too weak to do this and shit, man. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, Chopper goes on this, uh, you know, big, uh, listen, buddy, I've won and lost, so I've embraced the soft nihilism of the hippie. But, you know... That's uh not sunny. <laughs> that just drives him to action. And oh, yeah. it turns out to actually have been a plot to sort of settle his nerves to um to get him to you know, actually go through with the race. Well so like I guess you for, know. for better yeah. or for worse, as we yeah. see. <laughs> well mm. um as the ca- yes, yeah, so, um oh Sorry. Uh, jug snoring away as the gun goes off. Super surf is go. Oh, boy. The race <laughs> opens, flying over the Hollywood sign. Hey, I've been to the Hollywood sign, Fox. Just I, I saw that. Very proud. I, I, just that an anniversary. It's a big ass. It's like a six mile hike or something like that. I Jesus. complained the whole way, which my brother never lets me live down. Well, um, that's because they, it sucks to walk up there. They don't let you climb on the sign like you see in the movies, Fox. That's what I want everybody to know. Well, like if not you, without some see, amount of repercussion. If you've seen a movie where like some moody, moody teenager is like sitting on that O and looking out at Hollywood at night, and then like the girl comes and they have like a deep conversation, that movie is a goddamn lie. It's All a right. real and- <laughs> fucking shithouse lie, man. Absolutely. Sorry, a lot of aside so far. I feel like I'm saying a couple <laughs> times bad times. Let's <laughs> keep going. Um, they got to fly through the uh, through through the first O in Hollywood. We see Williams go through third, Chopper in fifth, but several racers wipe, wipe out just straight on the
1: letters. Oh, geez, destroying a national monument, effectively. Well, nah. owned monument.
0: Listen, that monument was built to sell condominiums in Los Angeles. Right? So
1: very true.
0: So, you know, they can rebuild it. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not made out of like uh, – it's not like it was built by George Washington or something like that. You know? Out of
1: cherry trees,
0: exactly, and patriotism. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the racers are heading on. They're into the sights of the first big gun. It's on automatic shooting a splinter cell. So it should be pretty crazy, I guess. The first <sighs> racers make uh, 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 make it past. The shell goes off in the middle of the next pack, catching Dallas Hall full on and a giant explosion taking oh, her head clear you off. you
1: see the shrapnel enter her head and then the explosion of her head. This is like the first point where I swear to God, if this whole thing is just built to tell you this whole race is fucked. Uh, Definitely. It is very underscored. It is the most horrible, but like so horrific when I saw this, man.
0: Sad. Yeah. Very sad. No. Absolutely, yeah. Chopper manages to get through as another show goes off, taking out more racers, opening up the guts of another. We see dead riders hanging off boards and at least one just loose arm flying around somewhere.
1: Well, I mean, you see that like a, a hippie wife and husband just are getting covered in blood. Yeah. like It is <laughs> yeah, It hidden. is not – It is. I mean, a man without an arm and just blood shooting out of his guts. This thing is not being – soft let's say
0: no no definitely not uh jug awakens as a racer falls into the crowd like you said uh, chopper's racing on but he's caught some shrapnel in his left arm and it just he's it's just le- lying dead on his side basically he ties it down to his side with some line as more shell goes off and 10 riders are dead already and just interspersed Peppy dialogue with people.
1: I mean, I guess we're going to get to it. I just, it's so fucking yeah. disgusting.
0: No, I'm talking. Yeah, you know, we, it, it's on there. Riders, right, now you know, onto the windmill, a big airfoil. You must pass. In the arc of the blades of the fan, of course, the blades are razor sharp. One racer's board is cut in half and he manages to say, to land safely. And they're like, oh man, like that was some good flying. And since he's out of the line of fire, he might win by default if everybody else gets murdered, basically. Which is just disgustingly telling. Seriously. Racers are continuing when the leader, Mulholland, falls into the crosshairs of a sniper. His head explodes in black mist. Ugh. His body careens into Sonny Williams, who falls off his board. He's a sitting duck. But before the sniper can fire, uh, Chopper flies in and knocks Fuck the yeah. killer off of his purse. Fuck yeah. yes! The way is cleared. Chopper's in the lead, and Williams gets back on his board. He's way ahead. Chopper's way ahead, but the race is far from over. And yeah, like you said, I mean, we're really seeing like the, the the violence that mcneil's drawing here it's it's graphic and it's sickening and it's yes. really showing ju- just the the horror of this race like it's not like oh, i've got a whole know,
1: spiel about this at
0: the end yeah. man as someone who's talked about the fun violence of shako or something like that this is more like gut turning and Ugh. and like sad basically it's horrific truly horrific <laughs> After some standard spirals around a monorail line, the the racers head into the the Death Canyon with guns opening up from both sides, firing some kind of flak shells. Uh, choppers 40 lengths ahead... uh I had a second place Santiago who has Sonny Williams and a few others hot in his tail. The flying Frankfurter gets vaporized from the ankles up oh. and a napalm burst hits the main pack of racers in a full page explosion of fire and death. And like you said, what, what the, the big thing here is we're getting a lot of this sort of uh like classic John Wagner calm sports casting. Well, over and they're interviewing and the killers, like the people yeah, like, who are murdering them. Definitely. Yeah, um, at least four racers were killed and another's on fire. And yeah, we basically get a human interest piece about the gunner here. Like, it's like in the Olympics when they have like, a, like a, you know, like a, oh, this sprinter is, has an interesting life too, you know, or something like yeah. that. But it's about this guy who's just, who's just killed like a five murderer. people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Jug's come too. He's watching the race. It's just a murder, he says. Uh, chopper arrives at foon's famous hottie house presumably based on grahman's chinese theater mm. i've been there too fox i saw captain marvel there it was nice
1: that's pretty rad um. also i mean just so everybody knows to save you a trip huh, like that whole street pretty not what you expect doesn't sh- sh- look like how it is in the movies however that uh the, the man's chinese theater uh pretty small just to, yeah, so you know, no, it's not a,
0: it's not a huge theater. Yeah, and it's just kind yeah. of tucked away mm-hmm. in this, um, like in the middle of this really busy, like, uh, like, like commercial street yeah. and stuff.
1: It used to be but like it, the thing there
0: for sure. Yeah, no, now it's sort of just part of <laughs> another sort of attraction. But they do have like, like the actual like footprints in the concrete. Oh, yeah, front yeah. and stuff like all of that. that's out there. If you're like me, you can walk around and to see how much bigger your feet are than everybody else. I got <laughs> massive feet. It's real. It's a, it's a problem, frankly. <laughs> Um, anyway, the plant, the deal is, and this is a kind of standard super surf thing, almost. It's like a real relief. Like you're just supposed to swoop down, make a concrete handprint and fly off. But there's an added twist because there's also clearly a sniper waiting for you to do so. Um, Chopper barely dodges the bullet and flies off. The lead pack arrives four seconds later. There's like a little, there's like a split time for it, like in the Olympics or something. Hmm. Uh, Sonny takes the lead as Santiago takes a bullet. They've all made handprints at the 15-second mark. They're coming off the final corners. Uh, Stig's getting ready at the turn of a massive cannon. Chopper's arm is throbbing. He's lost a lot of blood, but he's still racing ahead. There's only one more real obstacle left, the giant death oh, tube God. of percu- porcupine alley. We see an image just sort of looking into it. Even the spikes have spikes, Fox. I swear to God. This whole- I should say – yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just
1: going to say, this whole thing is so fucking disgusting.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a real, like, um, what do I want to say? It's like when you've um, really wanted to see- – yeah, I mean, it's like when you've been th- really wanting to see this one horror movie that's really supposed to be, like, real, like, scary and gross and stuff. And you see it, but instead of being fun and thrilling, it just kind of gives you a stomach ache, basically. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I've seen multiple. It, but- <laughs> yeah, but it's very it's very much like that. I I also want to say I promised to do some research on a on, or to figure out what this Stig guy was a reference to. Yeah. And I think it's mostly a reference to uh, this guy Robert Stigwood who was an Australian British uh music entrepreneur and film producer and stuff. He oh, managed uh, Cream and the Bee Gees. Oh, and did stuff and like, you know, did like the uh, the, the the like produced like a uh, Grease and Saturday Night Fever and stuff like that. Huh. But that guy's name is Stig and he's sort of an impresario like this Stig guy is here. So he wasn't blind or anything like that. But I guess if we're looking for any kind of reference. That's the kind of reference that it is, I guess. Mm. So uh, the announcers total up the total death counts. And again, um, we, we we meet this gunner, Armand White, who's made the hero of the race, basically. He's killed the most, folks. Um, we're getting close now. As Chopper enters the alley, the panels become very small here, cutting between, make it feel very tense as we cut yeah, between exactly. Chopper negotiating the spikes and his girlfriend Charlene looking on on TV. We we see that, that uh, she's screaming in her mind for him to stop to quit, but at last Chopper has made it through into the waiting arms of a pair of machine guns, and he's riddled with bullets. Oh. Charlene screams and run out, out of the room. Uh, Jug's girlfriend running after her. The rest of the racers hit the alley and collide. There's a massive pileup. Uh, Sonny Williams falls into the spikes and seems to be out. And at least one rider gets just fully impaled on them. There's a pileup at the entrance. No, um, They can't get through. The only one who's sort of waiting at the mouth of the tunnel is Paolo Nagiri from Sicily, who seems to be the only like surviving racer with the ability to win. Oh. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the ground, Chopper comes to, covered in blood. He starts to pull himself up. He's the only, he's like the only real living racers or legal racers still in it. And he could still win. Next time on Chopper sudden death playoff and the conclusion of this story.
1: So I'm going to go in a small spiel here.
0: Please. So the the
1: guy who gets impaled is Sonny Williams. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the takes the character the character who I who I fucking loved made it t- to near the end. Um so this whole story and it's interesting because I was thinking back to like you know how much fun we had in the initial Super service, where people definitely died. Um, oh, yeah. but it was very much like it was very much about the race a lot like
0: not a lot. Yeah, but I and, think the, half and the deaths are, were more sort of were like silly slapstick, basically people, yeah, like, uh, like, like just kind of bumping into things and stuff like that. Sure,
1: and and I think like for the most part, it was like the the race was around obstacles that were not man made. Usually, they were things that existed somewhat in the city. Although I think in in um, the that Aussie one, a there was some. In the, yeah,
0: that changed but, a little bit. Yeah, the, the most recent flame. one. Yeah, 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 exactly. They like set fire to part of the city and stuff. But yeah, before that, it was very much an underground race, so they had to use existing terrain features and stuff. Right,
1: and now it's become this fully corporatized thing where everything is purposefully built in such a way. Like, in fact, like less than you know, ten percent of the races. Like, it's basically the thing at the start, right? It's just like, here's the Hollywood sign, and then everything else is just death. And it yeah. has so much become less about who, like, yes, they're calling out these people's names, but they're interviewing the the people shooting the guns. So it's almost as though it's more about that, and the sport is killing those people. And yeah, it's such a right. flip, Definitely. and such a disgusting turn of things, and just like... I mean, it feels like the arc is just going there where it's like Super Surf isn't going to be a thing anymore. If it is, it's just going to be effectively a death race um, where you're just whatever the antithesis of wacky racers is, you know, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. It's disgusting and I hate it. And Sonny Williams is dead and I was super rooting for him. And now Chopper is probably going to just be super not great. Or if he survives, pretty not okay. I like, man, this sucks. I, I don't know if there's going to be another Super Surf at all, but this feels like pretty much the death
0: of that in a way. Yeah. Well, I'll say, like, man, I honestly, like, this is, Um, to me, this story actually feels really similar to that story, Hell Trekkers. Do oh, you big that time.
1: One? Oh, fuck yeah. Which, I remember Hell Trekkers. I love yeah, Hell which Trekkers. Was
0: also, which was also John Wagner and also this, <laughs> like, sort of misery, m- misery journey, basically. Like, what I, th- and what I, and, and what, I was in a weird headspace at the time, so I didn't appreciate it for Hell Trekkers. But what I'm going to say about, about Song of the Surfer here in a similar way is that, man, just the way that in these early sections, like Wagner made us feel like, – like Wagner and McNeil made us feel about these characters, you know? Mm. Like – the idea that Sonny Williams is a character who you've got investment with, despite the fact that we've made him heard him maybe say one or two things, and we just kind of know that he's a young guy and he's an up and comer, is a real testament to his ability to their, their ability to to make you care about these characters. Oh, absolutely, and draw you in, and then feel really bad when they um when they die or when they're injured, and like this whole thing is just sort of a testament to. Like you know, to the like worries about violence in comics. Like I think it's in, like this is the most like the the most graphic story we've seen in oh, in, in the Prague, especially in terms easily. of violence. And it's so interesting that it's in the service of what's essentially an after an anti-violence message. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, and kind like, of an anti-corporate message in a way.
0: Well, sure, but I mean, I'm just like. I feel like there's a lot of that through 2018. Generally, <laughs> there's much there's much less of a of a of an anti-violence stance, and just like like of taking what could be a very action-packed story. I mean, because like the first super, the uh, Midnight Surfer, that first super sur- surf story we had, there were definitely surfers getting shot by judges and stuff. Oh yeah, like we definitely saw judges open fire on super surfers. Or on surfers, and it ended with just a bunch of, like, surfboards hanging there with bodies hanging off the – uh on their ropes and stuff. But with that, it was part of, like, a glorious contest and action and humor yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas with this one, like, if someone said that, like – if, like, if someone said they, like, if someone said, like, that they liked Song of the Surfer because of the great action and violence and stuff. Uh, I'd be like, a little worried about who that person is. I would is. be alarmed by, by that person, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think they might not get the purpose of the story at that point.
0: Like. I like Song of the Surfer, but it's because it turns that – it turns that on its head and makes you feel bad about, you know, the blood lust that's sort of inherent to the comic fan, you know? Well, and it, it definitely starts
1: <laughs> a lot more humble and, like, it. it is a story about a tired person going through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. And those emotions ultimately being something that feels very foreign to them now. Um, yeah. It, it is a It is a great and well-told story. I I hate all of the <laughs> almost That's all the characters yeah, yeah, yeah. surrounding it. Not not a sur- that it's a mark of a good story. Like I have a feeling about things. Um, Jesus Christ, Colin McNeil. You murderous
0: bastard. He's good. <laughs> Listen, not the last time you'll be saying that this year, Fox. But oh. if, anyway, let's move on. Let's go to other stuff here. Sounds good. Let's, uh, 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 speaking of uh, applied violence, Fox, let's, oh. let's go oh God. to <laughs> Thrill 2, Judge Dread, my boy. Skift Robot, uh, Alan Grant and John Wagner. I right, wrote about Jeff Anderson and Will Simpson. let's go about Tom Frame. Man, uh, this is so great because it's the fly. Yeah, dread coming a little early this time for reasons that will be clear quite soon. Oh man, Alan Grant and Jeff Anderson start us off. The story is called "A Manny Fly Me," a reference (laughs) to these old National Airlines ads that were called that were like uh, where stewardess would say, "I'm Judy, fly me." Be real weird, like fly me to Austin. Hang out. Fly me to Miami and play that's on the beach. Like, so whoa. weird. <laughs> a guy in some kind of uniform with a manny badge on it is walking with a lady with some bright Frankenstein hair. She's named She. And uh, when they come across a crowd forming around some big old pile of dog dude, I mean, that's just how it goes. In in
1: circling it. Like, they are completely surrounding it. It is such an odd concept to me.
0: Uh, Yeah, like, I guess they're normally the robot, the cleaner droids pick things up faster or something like that. Ugh. Um, Manny freaks out, demands that, uh, his, that 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 she give him her perfume as he falls to the ground and then turns into a giant fly.
1: He's so oozy, gooey, slimy. It's
0: gross. Yeah, let awesome. later. dreads investigating. It seems Manny was wearing the uniform of Transpan Airlines, and so he's going to go check it out. And then later we see she is asking Manny what's up. He explains that he was the steward on a plane that crashed in the Antarctic jungle, which is sort of a vague reference to um, the Antarctic jungle that that we saw in a in a Johnny Alpha's time mm-hmm. with like those like uh, what like alligator ruse and stuff like that. Pretty anyway, cool. Yeah. Um, he so he crashed in the jungle one night. He woke to find a fly. Biting his face, a giant one with the head of a man. Oh, it's real gross. It's not great. I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Dredd arrives before he can arrest Manny. She brings up the fairly fine point that turning into a fly isn't explicitly illegal in Mega City 1. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Yet, Fox. Oh, God. They bring Manny in, subject him to a number of smells to see how he responds from stale bread to a stink plant. They're clearly having some fun with this. Um, I mean, he's
1: he's like in half mutations in some of these, or I should say fifth mutations.
0: Yeah, Yeah, partial, partially uh, warping and stuff. They aren't. They aren't sure what causes it. It's not genetic or anything like that. So he's not a mutant. Like he's just sort of cursed and that's that's basically legal in Mega City (laughs) 1.
1: It's okay to be cursed, but we will keep you under like its observation.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, that's why they got side judges. So they're letting them go. They got a lot of puns for this kind of stuff. Um, life returns to normal, though there is way more air freshener in Manny's life now, and he's sort of worried about those giant fly swatters that she's bought as fl- as oh a wall god, ornament. God, really, just not so cool, lady. But I guess you know for
1: your own protection.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I gotta say, Fox, I'm real thankful for this story about a dude turn into a fly <laughs> for a moment of goddamn levity in the midst of an extremely dark. Oh my god. Like, entire Space Spinner episode. <laughs> uh,
1: a letter to Dread and so
0: forth is harrowing. Hair, yeah, no, well, I mean, we, we were just coming off Chopper, too. It's just a lot. Um, so, John Wagner and Will Simpson take over for the story, A Letter to Dread. William Wenders writes a le- is, is writing this letter on May 14th, 2110. He's doing a social studies project about the justice system and has some questions he thinks Dread can answer, like... Why is there still crime? Why do the judges kill so many people and for such minor things? Um, and just, again, like, why are there so many crimes in general that the judges enforce? Mm. Juries used to provide some oversight. So where is that now? I mean, judges are still only human. Well, and it's all, all phrased. This, oh, please. Sorry. I was going to say that, that all this is over images of dread just riding through the city enforcing the law, killing and injuring people as he goes. Mm.
1: what i love about the letter is that it's it's phrased in such a way where it's like you know i i believe you man it's the like part of the reason i'm writing this is you've got to have the answers uh to these questions because you're the
0: you're the law like yeah william william clearly loves the justice department and the judges from the way he's writing it's just sort of like he's having a like he's having a crisis of sort of like what's going on with this um in the Tom Jefferson block, William writes about his friend Jojo, whose dad got hit over the head during the big democratic march from the revolution storyline. He's got brain damage and has fits where he hurts his wife and son, thinking they're alien oh, monsters. God. William knows that the judges don't me- didn't mean to hurt people at the march, but of course, we know they did. They orchestrated the, ro- the riot that injured Jojo's oh, father. Oh, Yeah. <sighs> And the response to it, like they caused it to happen. William asks what his friend's dad did to earn that beating. And then he goes to mail the st- mail the letter, sees Jojo and his mom come running out of their apartment. Jojo, mind you, wearing
1: a dread helmet or a, a yeah, Justice Department helmet.
0: Definitely. And Jojo's dad comes after them, attacks William, and stabs him to death with a knife.
1: Oh, I mean, and it's gory, ripping off his shirt pretty, as again, he does it.
0: Pretty graphic as we see this. Ugh. Later... The judges are cleaning up. There's a movie poster for a Star Wars movie in the back. Jedi Ewoks eaten alive. <laughs> um, and it seems that Mr. Sholi, JoJo's dad, was due to get brain surgery in about a month. But Dred's pissed about it, just to let him that they let him of be, be out in this condition. Basically, um, he says heads will roll for him not being in the psychic cubes. And a judge, but, but then a, another judge hands Dred the blood-stained letter, and the lawman reads it. It it ends by saying. I'm only asking these questions because I know you wouldn't be part of a system that was bad for us. There must be an explanation for everything. It's just that I can't see it. The kid asks a lot of questions, and Dredd isn't sure he knows the answer. And honestly, all the stuff we've been talking about, Dredd, maybe since a uh, uh, Question of Judgment or something oh, yeah. for the last, like, five years or so, is all leading up to this. To be continued. Wow, oh, man. Oh, that letter. Yeah, and speaking of complex revelations, Fox. Oh my god, oh my
1: god, oh my god.
0: Thrill 3, The Dead Man. No doubt. Script robot Keith Ripley, art robot John Ridgway, Letter robot Jack Potter. So Keith Ripley is a pseudonym for John Wagner, but I wanted to kind of keep the kayfaber, the fake name up, Mm. (laughs) to to not try to tip the hand of like what this story could be. So here we go. The Dead Man and Yas are headed into the destroyed town of Crawley. Yasa's mutant dog waits outside. He doesn't want to go in. He could smell the evil waiting for them. But Yasa God. can't can turn back. Like the dead man, the darkness is pulling him in. Besides buildings destroyed, we see charred blackened corpses all over. The whole place is burnt up. But in his mind, the dead man is seeing the past. He sees the nightmare of the burning town, of black lightning striking him, of his burning mouth shouting, damn you, I won't die for you. Jesus picks something up and yas identifies it as a knee pad the dead man takes a um, looks back again and we in the past we see a familiar silhouette firing a gun servants of evil i know you and he sees it again he burns shouting sweet grud as laughing faces of skeletal women say only death is sweet," sweet and laugh Yas found, more, a burnt helmet, the remains of a motorbike, a pistol, a piece of metal with a name on it. My name. I am Judge Dredd. God damn, this whole thing. <laughs> as soon as that turned, I was so fucking blown away, man. I mean, it's it's crazy because... Reading back, it is like there are a lot of hints that it's dread, I really? guess, besides the, besides the chin. I'd say the mm. big one is right when, when we see, when we first see the dead man, when Yasser first pulls him out or whatever. Um, he's got, if like we, we see his eyes. It's the one time he's really got big, wide John Ridgeway eyes in that one. And he's got square pupils. I, I mentioned it at the time. Oh. Um. But to me, that, like, those are those robot – you know, dred has got bionic eyes. You will recall. He got them put out during the City of the Damned story and got a robotic one, you know, cyborg eyes put it in their place. So you can kind of see that he's got artificial eyes when mm. they first introduced the character. Interesting. And stuff. Um, like, they're just sort of seeded around a little bit. Honestly, I've been teasing it a lot over the last couple months, Fox, of, um, like I feel like I've said dread and dead man immediately after each other quite a bit or doing other little implication things. I definitely haven't noticed. There was one time when um we were talking about I, I really I really love this one because uh we were talking about how the the kids that wanted cowboys and dinosaurs in nineteen seventy-seven are now teenagers that want harder things. And one of the things I, I said was like, Oh, I wanna see George Dread get all this skin burned off. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what happened, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway. Wow.
1: All right. Clearly, my <laughs> yeah. my sense of observation is
0: very keen. I mean, you know, it's one of those ones where you, where you got to know the ending to see the teases of it before it comes air, oh, sure. You know? It was, I mean, I, it was great. I really love, I remember being really blown away by this twist. I, I think a lot of people that have read this story do. And so I'm glad that it was able to uh, catch you by surprise. Oh, this for was sure. fucking
1: 100% fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. So, Yass is confused and so are we, honestly. What's Dred doing here? He says he took <sighs> the long walk and we flashed back to Judge Silver wishing him well with all this pomp and circumstance like the guns sort of, you know, that uh, corridor of guns you walk through and stuff Ugh. like that or just holding guns and stuff. As long as Mega City One survives, he said – he says, "Your name will be honored as Dread rides off on a lawmaster into well, the wilderness." Oh, f- that's some foreshadowing. I mean, we're gonna see it, you know. The other way, uh, he spent a hundred days bringing law to the cursed earth. Then they came, creatures of evil with hearts so dark, with hearts so dark and twisted like no other on earth. Dread tried to stop them, but they hit him with black lightning. These women are from a world where life itself is a crime, mm. the Sisters of Death, and now they're here. Jesus. Shadowy figures uh, approach dreading and Yasa. He shoots them, but the bullets do nothing. He yells for Yasa to run, but the boys froze it in fear. He tries to look away, but can't. And we see the Sisters of Death in all their glory at oh, last. They are real gross. Yeah, Sister Nausea, her body covered in strange blobby creatures of mucus and slime, her face rotting. Sister Phobia, her body covered in snakes, scorpions, spiders, the creatures of fear and nightmares. Her face is a hardened shell with razor sharp teeth. Ugh. They blast the gun out of Dred's hand and Phobia's fingers extended massive claws. She slashes Dred's face and blasts more black lightning out of her mouth. Yassa's worried but he better worry about himself as sister nausea grabs him before she kills yasa nausea will have some pleasure in his suffering uh, Suffer, uh, the little children she screams as uh, yasa's eyes once more open wide in terror it's, uh, <laughs> we, it's a really
1: focal point of all of this i guess mm-hmm, really underscoring the
0: eyes <laughs> Definitely building to this one in the art as as, as well, frankly. Um, That's some eye
1: shadowing, <laughs> if you get yeah. my... Oh,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fine. Listen, we've got to find something here. Uh, Nausea holds Yasin, switches Bible verses. Dread tells him not to fear. The sisters aren't actually here, but Yasa can't or won't understand him. And if thine eyes offend thee, pluck it out! Ugh... Ugh. Oh, it's real gross. Yeah, um, Yasa is attacked as Phobia turns her attention to Dredd and starts with him. Shakespeare, instead, if I touch you, are you not burnt? When I cut you, do you not bleed? But Dred's mind is too tough. He's wise to the sisters now. He banishes them away in a puff of smoke. Yasa's passed out, and Dredd gathers him, but we see that the boy's <sighs> eye- eyes oh. are now just bloody burnt holes. <sighs> Ugh. It seems a lot of the sisters' power comes from belief, and Dread probably survived because he simply plain refused to die. Dread carries Yasa out of Crowley and back to his home. He apologizes, but his parents aren't really interested in that. You know, may God forgive you, Judge, because I can't. It's, man he offers to help them in the future, but can't now. The terror that was over their city is gone, and it now lies in Mega City 1, and that's where he's headed. Ugh. <laughs> the comic goes in color as Yasa's mom tends to his burnt eye sockets. And Yasa is living in fear. He wakes up screaming every night, wishing he could lose his memory as the dead man did. As he walks into the sunset, his own nightmare to face, he walks out of that comic fox and directly into Thrill 2, Judge Dread god so insane
1: it was so awesome
0: so it's so so intense yeah just, uh, like it was funny last time we talked about dead man you said that yeah you realized that yas was narrating and seemed to have lost some of his uh of his accents mm-hmm. like oh so i guess that means he survives but you know there's different levels of surviving you yeah know?
1: exactly <laughs> jesus oh i mean and his I just- eyes his eyes literally continue to bleed like they can't stop the the wound from mm-hmm. bleeding. Like that's the yeah. most
0: fucked up part of the whole thing. And I just love this um, <laughs> dread walking off into these into the maces in these in the sunset. And then the next page, we immediately go to Judge Dread, and it's the other side of those hills, and yeah. Dread walking out of them. Like just, I love when they link these when they link stories together like this. Oh, it's fucking um, it beautiful. Really, it's really making a really interesting use of this anthology. Well, it's format, artistry. You know?
1: It's it's yeah. real good artistry, man,
0: and good teamwork between like this uh, um, Ridgeway and Will Simpson, like a Dead Man team, basically of, of, mm. of doing this stuff. So, uh, scripter about John Wagner, art wrote about Will Simpson, letter about Tom Frame. Yeah, we pick straight up out of out of the Dead Man and Judge Dredd with the story called "The Tale of the Dead Man."
1: And I mean, it's Dredd, beautiful. All of the yeah, art in this is beautiful.
0: It's a super western kind of thing of like the searchers or something of Dredd just walking through mm. these sort of dry um, dry hillsides and stuff. Dredd burned and bandaged walks through the deserted cursed earth. Mega City 1 is 1300 kilometers away God. from its transport and a plan. He thinks back to his decision to take the long walk. It begun with a letter... Or at least a letter brought it to a head, and again, you know, this is all the stuff we've been talking about for years in Dread since, really, yeah, since 1984 at the very least.
1: Get tighter boots, huh? Didn't seem to work it's out.
0: Not, it's not a long-term solution, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, but this letter's really shaking all this stuff loose in Dread. We see him getting ready to go out. He's taking a rookie on evaluation, like, like go, go out for the night, like, like, like from his, from his apartment, basically. He's taking a rookie on evaluation, but his brain's in the wrong place. He's been thinking back to the, to the democracy march on the actions he's taken and how they led to William Wender's death. We also see the Council of Five discussing Dredd. They know that he's feeling this way. Psych reports are showing a bad trend. Like with Question of Judgment, they debate giving him brain surgery or giving him a desk job. But there's just no way, even more than now, like they have to give him the long walk. But can they afford to lose Dredd? Like, over the last couple years, he's really become a symbol of judicial authority. I mean, this he's, stuff. he's
1: saved them multiple times.
0: Yeah, he's not just another judge anymore, the way they, we, we might have talked about him before. Um, Silver says Dredd must remain on the streets, and Dredd arrives at the academy to get his rookie. <laughs> it's rookie Judge Kraken. Well, that sounds like a
1: replacement job.
0: Mmm. So Dredd is about to take around Kraken, his younger judge, his younger clone to t- to test his ability. He's doing it, but freaking out internally. Is he training his replacement? They respond, um, they respond to a firebombing and Kraken takes the lead, telling Dredd to get a description of the person bystanders and leaping to help a woman caught inside.
1: I also just want to shout out: "No skin off my chin" is something that Judge Shred says in this that I'm very
0: happy about. <laughs> Aware of the chin, buddy. <laughs> the rookie does does a great job emerging with the victim, the breast mat the breath mask of his helmet pulled down. They get IDs on the perps and send an APB as the uh, judge that's watching over over Kraken's progress in, um, in in the dispatcher sort of remarks that that's going well. They arrive at the Castro Skyrise and start questioning. Again, like you know, Dred's like letting Kraken take the lead on this stuff, and again, he's doing an excellent job. There's nothing here, but they go to a local joint called the Bay of Pigs. <sighs> wow, uh, which is good Castro stuff. Kraken rumbles in, arresting bystanders as he goes, and finding the perps who run. Uh, Kraken shoots one right away and draws down on the other, giving the bystander a year and the perps twenty-five um, years if the victim dies. And then booked the bar owner for six months for having a locked fire exit, which is what allowed him to catch these perps, but you know, still you gotta arrest everybody. Um they dragged the body to the to the uh to the to the catch wagon, and the dispatcher notes that dread slipped up the here. He didn't follow close enough behind Kraken to actually observe the shooting. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's getting sloppy. You know, still a good judge, but sloppy. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, a call comes in—a hostage situation. The two clones run to their bikes. Let's go! And next time on Judge Dread, Slaughterhouse. Oh, it doesn't sound super good. Bad times, one way or another. <sighs> then Judge Dread taking
1: a long walk for some reason. I mean, Jesus, man! What a what a fucking what a whole thing that was. <laughs>
0: Really making, giving us some feelings here, you know, um, that we immediately go from this dead man story, then to, th- then to this, you know, the, all these dread stories with the, with the letter to, to dread and stuff. That's a mm. huge, like, Oh my God. And then he's feeling weird. And immediately it's Judge Crack and the worst person it could possibly, he could possibly take on a rookie run and stuff only um, well, seems uh, a lot more
1: in control but there are just things that he says during the whole thing uh, like uh, if I remember correctly like how he talks about perps is that they're infidels or something to that effect
0: mm, um, there's some little hints about things that aren't cool that something's kind of rotten going something's rotten in Denmark in the background here yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely Yeah, so so cool I'm so like we're just like this this we're is on, precipice, like, huh? I'd say this actually like Maybe, like, th- this takes place over a longer period of time, like over the next couple months, basically, but a lot of this stuff feels a lot like, uh, like, like, do you remember Block Mania uh, ahead oh, of the Apocalypse yeah. War? Where it was just these things that keep getting you know worse and worse and you don't really see a way out of them and you just sort of like and there's just sort of things keep piling on and on and stuff Mm -hmm. that's sort of like this is more low-key than that obviously because it's not like citywide riots or anything but it does feel like there's like this story and then the next stories are very much like you think there's some kind of end point it seems to involve the dark judges and stuff but you just know you're on this inevitable track, too, and there's nothing that you or Judge Dredd can do about it. Jesus. That's real great. Real excited. This – this, like this is the uh, – like this – all this sort of leading up to Necropolis and then, and then Necropolis itself, which is very much the spine of 1990, like like everything else is oh, revolving Necropolis around. Necropolis
1: is starting to make a lot more sense now
0: around this central post of this series of dread stories oh man i'm so i'm so that's making getting so to it, much you know?
1: more sense after the dead man mm. uh, okay oh man we'll some shit's gonna go down i love a necropolis
0: i can't stress enough that some shit's gonna go down buddy <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm excited. But, yeah, I think it's you know this is really great stuff, and just like we just gotta luxuriate in this cr- like crazy storytelling and how bad it makes you feel. Like it's good times for it sure. So so far so horrible. <laughs> good times through bad times. That's what Mm-mm. I'm trying to say. Oh, wow. So let's let's just cord in this section of the of the uh, of the Prague oh, Fox and sort of live here. <laughs> we'll try to go on to different things. Let's downshift do a bit. Let's, Yes, yeah, so let's talk about some uh, non thrills covers at Nerve Centers. Prague 660, Crash Course. Colin McNeil draws Chopper and Super Surf 11 tearing up Tinseltown.
1: Not looking too in, good. What with the explosions and
0: such? No, listen, it's kind of disturbing. It's the whole thing. In the Nerve Center, Tharg once again starts the year by teasing the death of a popular 2080 character, as he did in Prague 601 in late 1988. Oh, it's coming. Uh, Speaking of death, there's a very spiky picture of Slane grieving the Nooker. Rest in peace, Knuckle. Absolutely. And letters complain about the dog getting killed in Zenith. And other theorize that Chopper might die. And theorize that the uh, dead man's actually Chief Judge Magruder warped into skinlessness by Curthurus radiation. There we go. Closer than you might think. The back covers another Massimo Bellaginale art file. This time commemorating <laughs> our buddies from, um at mean team.
1: Not in the With... the best of their mean teamedness, yeah. but yeah,
0: you know. Still okay shot of the team from part two of the series Fighting Evil on Earth. Yeah. Happy to see Bellard Nilly's work still. Definitely. Prog six six one, John Ridgeway draws Judge Dredd back from the dead. But what can it mean? <laughs> <laughs> In the Nerf Center, Thark teases the return of Slain and the importance of the letter to Dread story, as well as other stuff. There's a picture of Thark, the badly drawn. I love this picture. <laughs> Letters ask why Airs Rock is still standing. Like, you know, they just nuked it from the inside. Like, the outside yeah. is still basically fine. A, a reader <laughs> remembers the old days and calls 2080 Tooth for the first time I think I've seen in, in the Prague. Tooth? Uh, yeah there's a lot of people that talk about 2000 AD as you know it's like like 2000 AD tooth that's sort of a short name well, okay. for it it's among, among fan types um, someone's dad is picking up the gimmick in Zenith um, as is as is, um, as is a reader it's not listen it's not plagiarism alright like that um, all these characters are based on old English characters it's mm. like a reference they're marginally different you know whatever <laughs> The prog ends with the final Bellardinelli art scan, mm. this time for Moonrunner, with the ship and a bunch of main characters all posed and looking cool and stuff. You know, we're kind of counting down the final Bellardinelli work in the prog, I'm no. sad to say. No. I think his last semi-regular work is going to be in prog 672, and the final one is in prog 760. Ah, f- it's a bummer. 662 The Dead Man Stares Down Mega City 1 as Ugh. Steve Cook draws DOA Dread on Arrival. I love this cover. Yeah, it's just a shadowy dead man looking over Super the city. Super noir. And- yeah. In the Nerve Center, we've got a misprint, Fox, which will be explained next, Prog. But basically, the, uh, in Prog 662, the Nerve Center of Prog 656 has been reprinted instead of the credit page and recap for Slaying the Horn God. Mm. At the end of the Prog, there's a 2000 AD ad, um, Just One Look, What Is All It Took?, and an ad for Bix Barton, Master of the Rubbing Uncanny, of which much more shortly.
1: Man, I feel like rum is one of those things that I just – is a cultural mess
0: for me. Very English. Yes. Um, the Prague ends with a pinup of Chopper by Glenn Fabry. Um, and while he'll be back eventually, this is, is his last work in the Prague until 1993 or so. Jeez. And this feels feels like a very Oz-era pinup of of, a, of Chopper here. Very
1: much so. He's still got he most gets, of his limbs.
0: His hair's under control, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Prague 6 – Sixty-three Bix Lick sticks, tricks, Bix Barton, Michael Caine, and a whole bunch of eyes arrive on this cover by Jim McCarthy.
1: I, I love the Michael Kane. <laughs> He's a Kane. It's so it's so good, and also
0: okay. Come on. <laughs> and the nerve center, Tharg announces the new story, then wonders what would happen if there was a new story and he didn't announce it. Very existential. There's a picture of a lady Zenith, the super groupie, and a small judge death. A letter is actually an extensive play about the witches of Macbeth getting the uh, uh, for the writer getting his letter printed. Another letter compliments the dead man. And a third asks what materials are used to make slain. Some bloody paint, you (laughs) Burke. The prog ends with a collection of uh, dread strips from the Daily Star for sale A 2080 ad with his optical illusion And a comic mart in Piccadilly Plaza In Manchester Eat. And the back cover has a star scan By Liam Sharp of Terry From the ABC Warriors And a hot oh, turkey man. one piece Gigantic gun And with Monad, the Monad and Hammerstein looking on I, I gotta say um,
1: The things that she has on her Hot turkey and bitch funky I'm Like what the f- <laughs>
0: He's living it up in the future, man, that's how it goes. There's also an apology for the messed- up nerve center last Dude, <laughs> that was pretty funny. And that in turn takes us to speaking of things related to miss Prince Fox. Or no. Oh no. Speaking of adventures in other worlds, Fox, that's there what I'm trying go. to say. Yeah. thrill for
1: Zenith. God continues to be beautiful and dark.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, Skipped about Grant Morrison, art about Steve Yole, letter her about Gordon Kidd Robson. Last time we learned that Maxi-Man, the Beyonder in this little secret war, the monitor of this little Christ on Infinite Earths, yeah. might <laughs> actually be on the side of the evil Loigor.
1: Oh, we called it. I mean, and also they said so.
0: It wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a tough a tough call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to figure it out, top psychics, mantra, and mandala are a, a interrogating maximan Man, ally, slipstream. Slipstream quickly gives up the goods. The Loygar <laughs> Gore are gonna win and can't be stopped. So you gotta give in to them. They're gonna and-
1: resonate uh, that omnihedron, and you blew up those places, which allowed the omnihedron not to not be an omnihedron. Come on, yeah, yeah. Those- Catch up, sheeple.
0: Those worlds won't de- weren't destroyed to stop the omnihedron. They were destroyed to cause it. Oh
1: man, let's resonate the shit out of this in some godhead point zenith
0: whatever. Yeah, there's the um yes. Oh I I should say he's explaining all this because the superhero DJ Chill is freezing oh, man. him to death. To oh make yeah. Him talk. It's getting real. <laughs> yeah. But listen, yeah, so we got this Omnihedron. They're going to make it vibrate at a certain pitch by destroying another world. And then that re- the resonance of that vibration will trend towards something called Point Zenith, the point of infinite dimensional space and the Godhead. Something point called- Zenith? Yeah. Says Zenith. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, things are going to get real crazy once that happens. The Loigor the lo- will become one with the universe. Crap like that. And the final dimension they're going to destroy to cause the, resident- the Residence Fox? Alternative 230, home of Zenith, Mantra, Ruby, and all of them dudes. Ah, jeez.
1: Not super great. Also, is this the cost of, like, uh, transcendence? To become the Buddha, you have to, like, resonate an omnihedron of
0: multiverses? Definitely, or at least it's how like Cthulhu, like Lovecraftian elder gods gets that next step. You know, yeah, like, they're already pretty powerful. So to get to the to get further, they got to get pretty inventive. Don't don't hate the player, hate the omnihedron. Man, I'm gonna hate these loigor. Man, they're no, I big, pretty much
1: don't like them. They're and they're evil super gods into Nazis. And-
0: yeah, like they're, they're, su- they're, they're like Nazi adjacent. No, no, sorry. What's it, what's the word that's like adjacent, but when you're just on top of something <laughs> instead of next to it? Cause that's what these guys are with Nazis, Fox. Uh, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty
1: much like OG Nazis, I feel like.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Uh, so Stripstream freezes to death, and his body falls to the ground, not quite shattering the way it probably would in a post-Terminator 2 world. You know, no, that's not much in for. Fox. <laughs> um, the crew's heading out. Mandala and Mantra are headed to Maximan. Everybody else is off to Alternative 230 to save the world once more. Cut to Nazis. <laughs> yeah, alternative 230 March 15 in a snow base of course a scientist oh, type is talking about a new universe built on order he's worried about the superheroes but the Lloyd Gore that are currently riding Ace Heart and Captain Miracle reassure him this science type guy goes on to show them the bomb the chrono thing and yeah we're in the middle of a giant damn Nazi arctic base complete with like five story tall swastika flag and stuff Shadow Moses Island and it seems like the swastika is, in fact, the sigil of the Black Sun. So I guess it's the sigil of the, of the loy gore as well. Oh,
1: and all right
0: then. So they're going full call me Ken- – oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Even further call me Kenneth because they're saying that Adolf Hitler is a big fan of ours, <laughs> which is like the next, the next stage. <laughs> The Voigor are also not very shy about calling humans cattle for their fe- for their feasting right to their oh, face,
1: and just being a huge dick to like the guy who's running their organization for the last twenty thousand years. Yeah, they're like, yeah, the ca- it's it's for yeah. us. Like, you fuck off, cowman. Yeah,
0: you know, of course you're working for us. We're awesome, dummy. <laughs> it's um, <pretty> much. <laughs> We see the chaos structure, the reality bomb out on the snow fields. Mr. Unicorn and Mr. Lion are just kind of hanging out.
1: I love these guys. I know they're not
0: great good guys, but man, I love them. I say, Old Bean, is that some sort of tree or piece of driftwood in the middle of Antarctica? And they go to check it out. Um, they talk about singing the song from Paint Your Wagon or something. Uh, that yes. I talk to the trees and the no, trees talk see, to me. No, see, they got me. it all wrong.
1: It's I'm going to paint your wagon, going to paint it fine, if I learned anything yeah. from The Simpsons. Yeah, going to use
0: an oil-based paint because the wood is pine. No. Ponderose of <laughs> pine. Ooh. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, i really gonna paint a wagon, gonna paint it good. We ain't bragging, we're gonna coat that wood. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they check it out and they realize that it's not just a tree, it's Oak Man and he's got super punches for you. Oh man,
1: and also gonna just tree the shit out of your body.
0: <laughs> Tree the shit out of him. His buddy Blue Wizard shows up, too, and makes a super tree grow out of Mr. Lion and impale Mr. Unicorn. High quality super murder here. Ugh. And the ventilation shaft's right over there. So let's go save the universe. Oh, my
1: God. These superheroes are super. It's, like, it's pretty good superhero stuff,
0: I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Pretty good Antarctic Nazi base infiltration. I it's guess they're iron skying their way in here. I guess oh I've actually seen that movie, but I believe that's the case. I, there was a um,
1: there was a game of I don't know if you've ever played Ninja Burger the the. Uh, pen and paper thing. So you have to you have to kill somebody and also deliver a burger without anybody noticing. Except one of oh, the my. people you have to kill is somebody that you have to deliver the burger to, or someone else has to deliver a burger to. Um, a and one of them, uh, we had to infiltrate a Nazi base. It's a nice. pretty good game. I suggest Ninja Burger to everybody. You need nothing to set it up other than some graph paper and something you can print off the internet.
0: <laughs> I'll check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah. But so, uh, blah blah blah. Oh man, yeah. So the alarm goes off, and the evil Loigor scramble as the heroes break down the door. Vertex is at their head. Let's kick some bottom. I really, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Vertex continues to be one of my
0: favorite characters. It's a good boy, you He's, know. This he Vertex is just a great <laughs> He's boy. He's the best boy in this comic. Um, Tanya, who I like because he yelled at Z, Zen- because she yelled at Zenith a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. is on the T, te- and she's on the team with Oakman and. And blue wizard like they were you know in the comics they were the fantastic three and she says these nazis are pathetic oh yeah but then gets her head punched off oh. by i think captain miracle pretty sure with that blue wizard zaps him but it's not enough meanwhile one of the black sun like human guys try to activate the reality bomb but big ben stops yeah him. big ben my boy Ace Hart is behind him. He calls him fat. This seems like a mistake. Meanwhile, this is going
1: to be a huge (laughs) mistake. He calls him fatty twice. Like fuck you, Big Ben is just a large man, and he's in charge. And he can throw a goddamn plane. You're done.
0: Yeah, watch your mouth, buddy. I know. Meanwhile. Mantra and Mandala arrive via Einstein-Rosen bridge to Alternative Twenty Three, where Maxie is waiting for them in all his full weird glory. It's showdown time.
1: I really feel like this is not going to go super well.
0: We've got about a month of Zenith left, but we oh. won't get. But we won't start it until Prague Six Sixty Seven, oh, which is no. next episode. Um, okay, take... all right, well So we just won't get the full thing next time but Oh we man, get we're only some. gonna get
1: one Like little thing of it oh, Little that's...
0: snippet Hopefully enough for a real boss cliffhanger I forget where exactly the big cliffhanger is But I'm excited about it
1: I am excited to see what Acid Archie does Because he is the fucking He's the
0: tops Definitely You know what I'm not excited for, Fox?
1: Uh, what's that? Thrill 5, Bradley Oh. You even said it the the way I would have said it, Uh, sans vomit, I guess. I'm so – I'm sure there are people who love this. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. Art is pretty good if it wasn't Bradley.
0: I mean I will say that um, I've talked to people who like Bradley. I think – if you're, if you're a Bradley defender, I think I can say pretty generally that you like a lot of the – like some of the – like the early Bradley and the later Bradley. Like especially when it's kind of send-ups of like British children's books basically. Like a lot mm. of times there's sort of like a big picture and text written on the bottom is sort of the format. Of those, and they're sort of like taking the piss out of, like, yeah, just sort of like kids race, kids stuff like that. Uh, that toboggan race we had, is kind <sighs> of the, the Bradley that sure. people are into. You can be Th- into whatever you want. Not Don't. a ton of defenders for this specific era of Bradley. Um, really? So, um. So, script about Alan McKenzie Sr., art robot Simon Harrison the Elder, letter robot Gordon Kid Robson, like that joke. <laughs> Gordon Kid Robson, the baby. Okay, so Bradley, he's a, he's this kid, and he's in sort of this sci-fi setting, but it's sort of Earth-adjacent, I guess, and he's uh. still real weird. Uh Bradley and his mate Milton are visiting Bradley's grandpa, who's jamming out "Stairway to Heaven" on an acoustic guitar and reminisces about the golden days of guitar rock. He calls all the musicians of this era bluesmen, which is very complimentary for some of their relationships with the blues. If you know what I mean, vis a vis sort of uh, cultural appropriation, et cetera. Oh, um. Anyway, wow. Also very, uh, yeah. Um, anyway all this music is popular with the kids and the adults didn't like it and we see a record burning with various names coming off the fire oh it's a including-
1: Nazi or a, a Ku Klux Klan rally effectively
0: yeah I mean that kind of stuff I mean I think even just real conservative folks were burning records in this era oh. a lot of rap records burn in this era as well when When the names coming off the fire yeah like that's sort of you know like that's what like this era this early 90s era is when like, the, like that uh, parental advisory sticker that's <laughs> on albums and Ugh. stuff that's when that first came into being a lot of stuff maybe i feel like yeah like like uh this is when like uh tipper gore who is the uh the wife of al gore the the, the vice president she, she 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 should have made her bones in this era with music censorship and stuff like that what a great um, thing etc cetera, etc cetera. um but yeah, coming up, one of the names coming off the flames is a, is a Cliff Richard with like two question marks and an exclamation mark, which is kind of funny. Just to burn Cliff Richard burn, which is what you always do. Even I know you got to make fun of Cliff Richards cliff richard um eventually though the feds just nuked everywhere and now it seems like we're in some kind of sci-fi police state where s- sure. people sell music illegally um like the fir- like basically bradley's in the in in a world that's the first act of every single rock opera essentially Or you wouldn't steal a record sort of the, the advanced one of you would even buy a record. But like I just want to oh, make yeah. a point that rock operas always start in a drab world where music's outlawed and then <laughs> someone finds an electric guitar and then it's like, oh we're revolutionizing. It makes a sound. Anyway, uh, uh boba. <laughs> So anyway, I guess that's how Grandpappy knows about all this music. He was either from before the nukes or he just sort of bought it afterwards. And inspired by all this, Bradley decides to go on a quest to find some good old music for his Grandpappy to re-liquid, some brain melting music to re-liquidize his brain cells. Hooray, we're on a quest. So first step in this quest is Bradley meets Jason Donovan. Oh, the crew, okay. the uh, writing crew, has, or the uh, production team is different. Has alternate names here. Matt Mackenzie, probably named after Matt Goss of the band Bros. Uh-huh. Though it's spelled bros, buddy. It's hard for me to not say that because I say bro all the time. Uh, Jason Harrison might be a reference to Jonathan himself, and Kylie Robinson is definitely a reference to the song, especially for you, which Jason Jonathan recorded with Kylie Minogue, and we used his show music in episode 195. <laughs> He's a- he, um, all these guys were also in the Band-Aid, um, Band-Aid 2 performance from episode 212. Anyway, let's make some jokes about late 80s pop music, Fox. I know I Oh yeah. So, Bradley and Milton have bodged together at Time Machine, and they're going to find some old-time music to help Bradley's grandpappy. They're also bringing along their friend, Annabella, who's a girl, I guess. Okay, uh, nah. whatever. They go back to the 20th century to a Jason Donovan concert at Wembley Stadium. And just like FYI, Fox. Okay. Jason Donovan was an Australian pop star who made – or a soap star who made the jump to singing, I suppose. Right. Um, star informer Willie Russell tells me that um, Alan McKenzie is dismissing him as a bland, blonde pop star for teenagers, which is fair. Sure. Um, we see the kid, the Sprogs, um following a crowd of screaming fans, and there's also like an official apology here saying that Jason's okay, but they hate his music about him and everything that he represents. That these really guys. feels
1: like not an apology.
0: These dudes are so cool, Fox. Oh, man. I, I, the Sprogs. The Sprogs talk to a security guard that's been beaten up by a bunch of girl fans when suddenly a bunch of teeny boppers spot Milton and Bradley and mob them as well. It's implied that they assume that they think that Milton and Bradley are these two like blonde pretty boys from uh from Bros. I guess uh, I find that hard to believe, but sure. They definitely don't look like them, but they're holding these like brass albums and posters and stuff that seems to imply it and otherwise it just doesn't make any sense at all i guess they mob them kick the shit out of them and annabelle makes fun of them for getting beaten up by girls and the back cover of the prog is milton and bradley getting down to a boombox with a bunch of hard-ass band names written in cool graffiti letters listen fox Uh i i I'm a wuss. I listen to pop music and stuff. The only band I recognized on this list was Bolt Thrower, and that's because they're a death metal band that released an officially licensed Warhammer 40k album.
1: I I feel like you know, I, uh, music is such a uh, uh it, it's so nuanced. Like you, you can't just hate people for liking a uh, music. Like it's whatever you get down to, my man. I feel like stuff like this, it's so snide,
0: to me anyway. Nobody, Listen, there's right and wrong answers about <laughs> which bands you should and shouldn't like. I just don't live in <laughs> um, that world, I guess. And, you know, you gotta follow through in it. If you don't, you're lame and uh deserve ridicule. You know, feel <sighs> bad about your music. Feel bad about the things you like, buddy. I can't t- stress it enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, r- you should... F- you should feel bad because you like it. You shouldn't like anything, Fox. Like, oh, that's, honestly. <laughs>
1: that's true. Like, I should just hate everything that isn't something that I don't like.
0: Like, if you aren't too cool for everything, then how could you be cool at all, you know? God. Anyway. You're really speaking Bradley, your truth here. <laughs> Bradley will be back next episode for more of this music stuff. Hooray. Um, um, all right. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> So now that we've crossed that speed bump Fox, let's speed back up here with something I'm more excited for. (laughs) Thrill Six, That Horned God, Though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Goblin Underwear.
0: (laughs) 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 Script about Pat Mills, art about Simon Bisley, lettering about Steve Potter. So I'm just going to freaking repeat the recap from the end of Proc 663, buddy. I feel like that's pretty (laughs) accurate. The Avank, the last of the beaver folk under control of Maeve has stolen the sacred stone known as the navel of the goddess from King Sengen and has taken it to his lair at the bottom of the sea. While a slain diverts a- the attention of Maeve in the guise of Megrim, Neve and Ukko mount a recovery mission that is, see- oh, sorry. This we is see me a taking, boob. taking over <laughs> because the, uh, recovery mission involves Ukko diving into the Yvank's undersea cave and stealing the stone back. Yeah. Jump right into the action as Ukko, still in deep-sea diving de- suit, ties a, robe, a rope around the rock and is dragged to the surface. He goes to follow and wonders how Slane is getting on pretty well, honestly, as Slane and Mabe host post And indeed, we see a boom. Like, I think like, <laughs> I've never
1: uh, – it's – well, I should say it's been a while since, like – full breast out like I, that i've seen in the comic and certainly not one from 1990 that hasn't been
0: like you know i mean i believe there was a boob or two oh i'm in sure the pre- in, the, in the previous book oh of this but God. this is a full color boob yeah no this one's full on it's looking right at you buddy you know <laughs> i'm just i'm surprised because like you know Don't stare I, I, into I grew it up- too much or you, you could turn into a boob yourself, oh my style. God.
1: Oh, my God. Well, because, like, me and uh, – uh, to be clear, like, when I was younger, like, friends of mine, because this was the only way that you could get it, like, we, we had different VHS cassettes of heavy metal. And, like, heavy metal is, if you haven't seen it and because it can't get a wide release ever for all of the reasons, is a fucking great production of cartoons, music, and just, like, st- just st- – crazy sex violence uh it's very metal um and that's kind of like something where i was like wow this is really intense and and like something i've never seen as a kid that was like around the 90s that i even like saw that for the first time oh yeah
0: no i mean honestly like um like I've I've talked about like the first volume of the Horn God being being popular on 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 the on continental Europe, and that's because it has like Bisley's style and the content of it mm. like has a lot that's very similar to med- heavy metal the. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Anthology comic or a metal hurlon, I believe it's called in uh, in uh, French. And yeah, this very much feels like they're upping some. Like, I mean, listen, it's gonna get real crazy in book three. But um, <laughs> like, this is this is very much them sort of like listen, we gotta like we gotta boob we gotta this thing up a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Doob to kind of <laughs> gotta get and to, violence to, in to there. In. Gotta yeah. Exactly. Gotta show some man junk. Ooh yeah. Listen, there's a whole thing. It's gonna be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot coming. Anyway, yeah. So boobs, it's staring into your soul box. <laughs> um, Slain says he's totally down with her controlling him, and uh, she and pulls her in for another round. But Mave is suspicious and reaches mm. out to the Avonk and finds the stone has been taken. And then Slain says she's a lousy lay. Oh, oh no, oh, man, he's a huge dick. <laughs> It seems uh, Slane's known about the truth all along from the very start, but is doing one of those keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, and be occasionally inside them type things.
1: Wow. Um, Also 10 out of 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maeve will no triumph, though, and summons the Avonk to anger. It rises up and starts to jaws its way through Neve's boat. (laughs) Even as... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even as she grips the silver sword, the beast tries to kill her, but she's just too hot to kill. And he takes the uh, the sword to the chest and falls into the water. That guy is dead as she hell. She has
1: severed the umbilical cord connecting him with life. And it's time for him to be like, hey, what's up, wife and kids? I'm in the afterlife now.
0: Well, look at my laugh belly button. Um, wow. <laughs> the credit pages are back for the for, for the next prog uh, as we see a uh, dark sketch of Slade himself. King Sengen's going nuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got painted black skin and kind of an Egyptian look, we'll recall. And he's moon torn, a.k.a. a lunatic.
1: He is not looking Okay.
0: Nah, Neve and Ukko are taking the stone and Sengen is invited to the Assembly of Kings and 14 Knights. I feel like high invited of the is tribe to heavy quotation marks. I mean, listen, he's got to come by because he's got a ceremonial role, role in it, but like they aren't expecting too much. <laughs> <laughs> Back in Murrius, it seems Maeve has run off after being exposed. So now it's coronation time. The kings gather on a hill called the Danu, the uh, belly of a moon goddess, and there are some boob hills nearby, making it sort of a geographical Venus of Willendorf, I guess.
1: It really gets the
0: fucking point across. Yeah, listen, this map's gynecological, buddy. It's all right. Wow. getting some thoughts. <laughs> um, These hills are making me somehow very horny. Mm. on the hills the stone of destiny the navel of the goddess is placed like it's sort of putting on the belly i see dan's mm. got an Audi, i guess um <laughs> with the cauldron <collagen laughs> of blood before it taking the sword and the spear king gan stands atop the stone but nothing happens wop, wop. king sengan is sort of dragged across it again nothing nope um King Rudrage Rage or Rory, as I've been told it's pronounced, which is ridiculous. Fox, That's not. FYI. That
1: is. I mean, I respect the people of the spelling of things, my dude. But I. That is not. You'd have to tell me how D is not how the D is silent in that, and then what its place really is.
0: I would say, uh, you know, take it up with the Irish folks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. They're yelling at me, and I'm just telling you what they're saying. Uh, <laughs> So uh, anyway, but he goes to 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 take a shot. But you can't be high king with a personal with a personal blemish, and having your hand cut off counts, even if you've got a robot hand to replace it.
1: And also, he did a cry afterwards. So really,
0: yeah. Well, oh, and it says playing-
1: sulk under him
0: ah <laughs> uh, slain steps up and the stone goes white We see some flamingos fly past the stone or past the moon and the stone cries out its approval and from the cauldron the young aspect of uh danu uh blow um who I, as i've heard it's pronounced uh rises up looking fairly rubenesque here with a sweet silver helmet with giant stag horns like we saw at the start of book one
1: all right. And she is super into people seeing her. No one's eyes should be covered. She really wants yeah. her giant orgy party on Earth to get going on. And people yeah, Kath- building Kath- cities is just really covering her
0: up. And she is not into not being nude. Absolutely. Yeah, Cathbat tries to get Ucko to look away. But uh Weed is like, you know, the lady of the flowers. Like, listen, I'm here for people to to, to take a gander. Come on. You know, shames for lame dudes. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Slane kneels before her and she puts the helmet on him. Be hardy, not hard, be strong, not brutal, amuse, don't abuse. You're lord of the beast, lord of the beasts, but still a beast. Rule not rule not for power but pleasure. Bring peace and harmony to the earth. Restore the kingdom of pleasure. Yeah, I mean there's some underscores on that one, damn buddy. Mm. The goddess recedes, and Slane is cheered by the crowd. King of Kings! Hey, 10 out of 10,
1: throw your arms out, look like a warhammer, hey, why not?
0: Next time on Slain, a gathering of forces. Oh man, it's time for some Batal. I
1: love his Warthog belt, or I should say, what do you even yeah. call that? Because it's not a belt. Uh, it's like a, I mean, it's cummerbund. like, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's like, no. Yeah, a uh, codpiece? piece.
1: Oh no, that's got to like, be lower down. Although if belt, it was a, a warthog, fucking it's kind of—it's this—it's it's, you know—it's uh. Look, he is clearly uh you know world champion. That's why yeah. it's
0: a giant warthog. I feel like and listen, giant warthog tusk is way bigger than like that spinner thing that was in there for a couple of years. Oh yeah, WWE. no, yeah, no, no, no,
1: warthog. <laughs> yeah, listen, warthog, full on. I'm
0: into that. Getting very close to this big showdown. I think it might not actually start till book three, but we're getting very close to it. Oh, man, it's going to be very exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah, lots of weird stuff going on here, Fox. Weird, mystical things. Uh And while that's cool thousands of years ago, before the flood, in more modern times, we take a more uh, frowny kind of look to it. And that's why the UK government employs Thrill 7, Bix Barton. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy. This, this comic's real weird.
0: <laughs> Script robot Peter Milligan, art robot Jim McCarthy, Letter robot Tom Frame. Night to see Peter Milligan back, of course. Yeah, boy. My, I enjoy his work. And this is the first full series by Jim McCarthy, who's been doing Future Shocks and a lot of inking and stuff like that. mm and so, very
1: I, – I love that they uh, they called the uh, – you know, you use a thing now.
0: That's right. Dateline, England, the United <laughs> States of Europe, the nearest future. A man, Stan, uh, wakes up in the middle of the night, wakes up his wife. He's feeling quite poorly, stumbles to the bathroom. His headaches – A real monster. And he Mm. looks in the mirror, and so is he. He's all lumpy. He's got some horns and face tentacles, some real bad teeth, at least four pupils in each eye. That's real gross. Meanwhile, at Old Whitehall, which is the center of the British Civil Service, FYI. Um a bureaucrat type explains that nothing irrational, uncanny, rum, <laughs> or strange ever happens anymore. So keeping around the department of a rash of the irrational doesn't make sense. I love Especially all of since this. the department is just Bix Barton, who's been in a bath of strange vital idol fluids, fully clothed since the nineteen thirties or so. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Barton himself, who's got an old-timey undercut with a middle part and wears a smoking jacket, comes out of the tub, grabs his assistant, Michael Kane. He's only a literal c- cane with a robot head on it. Listen, um, Big spotlight. Some uh-huh. men just want to see the world burn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page with this, with this impression, Fox. Excellent. <laughs> um... They both make a point about their past exploits and while, and it definitely dates back to Hitler. Um, but it seems that Bix's actual nemesis was Steve Ditto, the astro projected man who's this dude with, like, I don't know, pointy ears, it seems like. I, I hey. love
1: how he just laughed about Hitler as, like, nah, man, he wouldn't even make the cut for their team. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well,
0: yeah. They doesn't seem like and-
1: Ditto's done anything too bad, but.
0: Nah. They fought to the death in 1940 on a train, don't you know, and uh, tossed him to his death with the old Bangkok surprise, quite a thing. A you thing just flex in. your
1: shoulders and
0: you throw a man backwards. <laughs> it was quite a thing, but a thing in 1940, and he's done nothing since.
1: Well, you know, I, I do like this kind of like dry, like, listen, we're going to close up your wing of the government because literally you've done nothing and you're just costing us money living in your bath.
0: Yeah, the bureaucrat says he did nothing in 60 years but draw a paycheck and take baths. Unless he finds something exceptionally uncanny in the next five days, he and his department are history.
1: I feel like there should have been guidelines against what, what regards exceptionally uncanny,
0: you know? Indeed. But who's to say Bix knows a threat when he hears one and is ready to go to the uncanny if it won't come to him. Take the rugby ball by the horns, as it were. It seems to have worked as his ad about dealing with the problems of the bizarre and irrational is answered by that stand guy, now with somehow even more pupils.
1: He's looking real gross. Also, I love that he just took an ad out in the paper. <laughs> I guess that's, that's right. just
0: how you do it. How else will you contact mass amounts of people, old chap? There's no Craigslist or other, um, uh, 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 Bally sources of, uh. Finding well chuffed interests in the uncanny. Oh my what? God. what? <laughs> <laughs> I like, should mention that I don't. I don't think it's an actual thing. But to me, Steve Ditto sounds so much like um, comic book artist Steve Ditko, creator of like Spider Man, oh. and Doctor Strange, and stuff. That it's hard for me to not try to find connections. I mean
1: that that could be it then, right? Because I mean,
0: Mister Astral Projected Man. That's pretty on the nose there. It's something, but yeah, so just FYI, I guess that's sort of what is pinging in my mind as we get hey, you're started the on Bix Barton, a well-rum story, Fox, well-rum. I, I, uh,
1: is, uh, I mean, I guess I should ask, is this like a thing that people really like? I mean, I think it's okay. <laughs> so far, it's, it's not sort of, so bad, but he definitely sort of says goes, a lot of things I don't get.
0: I think it's fun, and honestly, I think the fact that he says a lot of things that are real weird um, is part of the yeah, joke. Yeah, plays into a the lot, character. Like, I don't know if you've read any uh, P.G. Woodhouse, who did, like, uh, the Birdie and Worcester the, – the Birdie and Jeeves stories. I have not. But uh, it's it, it's good stuff. There was a TV show version with um, Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry that, that's very excellent. Okay. But um, it's about this sort of foppish rich guy – in like the 20s basically he's english all that stuff and um he's like involved in like a lot of like rich guy clubs and just sort of being a layabout basically um and he kind of talks in this very like um full of like british slang that means absolutely nothing they're just kind of words that you say a lot and things like that okay (laughs) Hello, chaps, everything kickety-boo, et cetera. Like, I don't know. But that's very – like, I really think of Bix Barton and uh, Bertie, Bertie Worcester as being very similar characters. Just one also has spooky ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of uh, spooky ghosts, I guess, buddy. Okay. I don't think we actually have any this time. But, you know, general spook spookiness in general. Let's talk about Thrill 8 Future Shock. It's been so long, I lost control of it. Uh, first story The Toast. Scripture about Simon Furman, art about Lee Sullivan, lettering about Gordon Robson as Glop. Um, after being Future Shock free since Prague 649, we're at last back at it. That's mm. first time in the Prague for Furman and Sullivan, Lee Furman. Uh, Simon Furman will write a bunch of stories for uh, the movie tie-in comic of Judge Dredd, The Men of the Future. While Sullivan will go on to draw both Dredd, uh, uh, Vector 13, and Mercy Heights. Cool. We see two men toasting a successful infiltration as the same guy drinks with another guy. This comic's kind of confusing, but I'm just going to cut to the chase here. Uh, It seems we're in a future where everyone's got devil horn haircuts and water's an extremely valuable commodity. The, these two men eat messily as the espionage guy explained that he's just poisoned a, a boardroom with a very messy virus that caused a massive stock plunge as well as boardroom cannibalism. Uh, the only problem is that one of the victims got loose, unbounced to him, jumped into the water vats before they died, and it's heavily implied that he's just poisoned the world's water supply. Oh, geez.
1: And uh, they're about to, I guess, drink to it and uh, get totally also
0: yeah crazy, crazy cannibals et cetera uh next story is a step further script robot ian rimmer art robot art weatherall letting robot gordon robson his kid uh final work by river here first and only by weatherall mm. some humans are at the Omega Dome, the largest intergalactic museum in the universe they're headed to the most popular exhibit As aliens crack human jokes constantly. Mm -hmm. At last they arrive where aliens are just standing around laughing at Neil Armstrong's footprint on the moon. One small step for a man indeed. And that's a misquote. A further insult. It's one further step for a man. Or one small step for a man, I should say. Um, Anyway, the humans pull guns and break the footprint out of the case. They're taking it back to Earth by God. It's proof of what humans can accomplish. And shouldn't just be a joke for asshole aliens, you know? Yep, correct. The guards arrive, and if they can't take the footprint, by God, they'll break it, and the artifact is smashed on the ground. The humans are taken away, and the dust of the footprint is piped back into the casing. Where a button's then pressed, and it reforms, good as new. Screw you, humans! Oh, <laughs> fucking alien scumbags! Seriously, I mean, I do. It like belongs bouncing. in a
1: museum
0: yeah well, one thing I do like is just that this feels like a very this feels like a very modern comic just cause of because this idea of like you know maybe it's not cool that you that uh, museums owned by uh, European people have all these artifacts of non european people basically I strongly you know? agree like that big part in uh in like Black panther for instance, where he sort of talks about like where all these African masks came from yeah. and stuff or like I remember I read a a thread on Twitter that was basically imagining a new Indiana Jones but it's someone who is, uh, like, taking all the artifacts out of the museum <laughs> and replacing them. So oh. it's, basically, it's basically like uh, like someone who does the reverse of Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, sneaking through all the tunnels there and then placing the gold statue carefully back on the oh, pedestal ne- where it was and leaving and, and leaving and stuff. And I thought that was kind of a, a fun idea. Yeah. Why the hell not? Because, you know, suckers got to know that they got conquered,
1: I guess. Oh, man, I guess we just have to steal (laughs) things from tombs. Be some kind of tomb raider. Looking at you, Laura Croft.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn British people. Yeah, take your Nathan Drake ass out of here. That's what I say. (laughs) Anyway, Fox. Enough of the of this uh, of this uh, divisive political content at the end of uh, episode two fourteen of Space. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> the known source for political facts and content. Seriously. Anyway, and because of that, Fox, I must know. Oh, I must know. I mean, I feel like I gotta tell you. What were your top and bottom
1: thrills with <sighs> Beast Frog? Oh. I'm gonna get this out of the way quick. I fucking loved, 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 loved Zenith. Uh, and I really don't want that to just disappear. And of course, you know, also a small mention to uh, my boy, uh, the Horned God now, for he is no longer mm. known, known simply as Slane. Um, just getting those guys out. They were fucking fantastic. They were uh, the delicious sauce on uh, on this perfect and fantastic burger, 10 out of 10. But my man, that leaves me with two very keen choices, one which is Chopper, and the other mm. of which I am putting together, because they firmly deserve to be there, the Dead Man slash Judge Dread, The Dredd Man. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, like chopper i'm sorry especially for how like strongly i feel about it Like chopper has so far i think been one of the most effective stories i have Mm -hmm. read in terms of its ramp up like certainly at the beginning i'm like why is this like this and you know now i it's very very clear it's something that i feel like people should progress through the the kind of super surf storylines with chopper mm-hmm. um, and get to this point. I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And this hasn't even ended yet. Mind you. Um, I think that there is a, especially with this, there is a lot there to unpack. That is very, very, very good. That said, it's gotta go to the dread man. Like how, 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 <laughs> how, how, how can it not? Right. Like mm-hmm. certainly I don't read uh, anthology comic books. And certainly, like, having something like that, this, like, their, their marriage is incredibly creative, and it's interesting, and you're right, it is this thing coming to a head, uh, creatively that I really respect. Um, like, we've been talking about it for a while, just off and on about both the brutality of Mega City One, but also, like, kind of how Judge Dredd has been changing and sort of reflecting on this, um, with the judda basically or, or kraken being his kind of alter ego in this case uh or mm-hmm. or like the the mirror mirror version of him if you will <laughs> uh and so it was absolutely fantastic that's got to be top for bottom it will be bradley sorry bradley it's bradley it's gonna be bradley <laughs>
0: uh
1: and so conrad i must know why you absolutely agree with me
0: i mean i'll happily put bradley in the bottom there with you like in your break <laughs> Like again, you know. Like I I do like I feel like I've turned a corner on Harrison's art. I'm starting to it. I like mm-hmm. I do like it, but Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's it's cool I stuff. I just I don't care for this music, like this music stuff I feel like is not coming from a friendly place, is no. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um but I think Ooh, give it a for good my thing. top, Like I'm almost tempted to say chopper just to sort of counterbalance. I guess, hey man, that is okay. I but I understand. I, I think I'm gonna have to go. <gasps> dead man also. Oh, <laughs> solidarity! Just because that like the reveal of the dead man's um of the dead man's identity is so amazing. It's such a great like like honestly like that like the that that two prog one two punch. Of uh oh, six sixty one yeah. and six sixty two. Where I mean, you've yeah. got a letter to dread and the reveal or no no, I guess the, the reveal is uh is the one before. Mm-hmm. But I um but like, you know, you've got like the uh the you've got at least the reveal of like the uh of the of the of the, of the sisters of death or whatever. Oh yeah. The, like the the female dark judges and a letter that, to dread. Um like that's a crazy issue and then you've got <laughs> and and that ends i and and then you've got Yasa like getting blinded and it him walk and dread just walking right into uh the dead man story like right into the dread story oh. and then kraken shows up and oh my god it's such masterclass, right like it's such a great like on like i i i was i was talking to some folks about these comics cuz i was actually i was trying to get information about the bradley stuff cuz i just had trouble understanding it sure and i remember i remember saying that like the these like it's it's so weird to have these let, let like these come down things like bradley or something like that in the back of the comic because there's such <laughs> like things the first half of all these progs are so goddamn emotional it's so and, true <laughs> like tr- and like dark and troubling and crazy you know this like 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 choppers getting blown to bits boys are getting their eyes burnt out by demonic b- by demonic extra-dimensional demons dreads have you know we're having crises of faith violent murders and crises of faith oh. in judge dread and it's it's a ridiculous time it's a ridiculous like like period for 2000 AD
1: I definitely and, feel like if they had front-loaded with, with the Bradley shit, right? Like, probably would have made that a little bit more emphatical. You're right.
0: I mean, honestly, like, Bradley feels like the back of a prog thing, if ever there was you know, one. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, so like, all, like, honestly, all the, like, this, this is an amazing month. Like, even with uh, warts and all, like, the big fight in Zenith is also really good. Like... I'd say, like, I like the, like, the, uh, that coronation part of, uh, of a slaying oh, is pretty good yeah. too. Yeah. Big time. Um, like, that's a real neat moment and just to kind of get a real sense of, like, kind of what this matriarchy stuff that Mills has been sort of working towards this whole time is. And stuff like that. So, yeah. Ooh, good month. Hard to pick tops. But again, I think I will join you, Bradley, on the yes. bottom. And this sort of – because they do sort of cross over, I feel pretty comfortable putting Dread and Dead Man in the same – in one category. Is this Dread Man ter- uh, uh, category? I mean, I, I
1: definitely feel like this like this month has been 80% fresh. Maybe even 85% fresh, I'd say. Like it is a majority mm-hmm. very high value month. Oh, yeah. Um, if this is what the '90s are going to look like, I'm pretty excited.
0: It's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, I think honestly, this is the '90s in that there are, or, or at least like parts of the night, or like like the, like this is this next next year or two probably. Okay, where there are like often two or three really amazing. Like, mind-blowing, genre-defining things in the prog. But also things that you feel that... Like, as a reader, you might feel very comfortable skipping over. Or Uh. incredibly non-essential or bad things in there as well. Uh. That's what this day of play we're in. Well, we'll we'll read
1: all of them anyway.
0: You know, and there might be... And I might be, honestly have dismissed some things that turned out to be interesting like we should definitely be on the lookout for <laughs> diamonds and the rock and things I mean, like that
1: look if anything i think that you and i have discovered true gold in this comic book absolutely I, you know, always and ant war will never be forgotten it's a good example never. of that get these ants out here
0: all right <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed this show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, with the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at SpaceSpinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com in the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at SpaceSpinner2K. If you have anything else to go to SpaceSpinner2000, you should find us there. Come back next time. As Bix Barton investigates, Chopper reaches the finish line. Dread continues his evaluation. This Book of the Horn God concludes. We'll finally finish up beyond zero. And Zippy Couriers, Rogue Trooper, and, yes, Bradley, return once more. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Yeah, there's some definitely some, some interesting stuff in there. And until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we our space spinner 2000